Welcome to the Blow Up the Blueprint podcast, where it's all about how to use creative thinking in your business for a standout brand with your host, Joe Gifford. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Blow Up the Blueprint podcast with me, Joe Gifford. So in this episode, I'm speaking to the super lovely Jenny Cavanagh-Bond of InkyPawsArt.com. Jenny is an incredible human being who has found a way to cope with, deal with, and process incredible trauma and grief in her own life through the acts of mixed media, mixed media and creativity. Now, Jenny shares with us how she used creativity and art in her own life to process feelings, to help to heal from trauma, and also how she used it to get creative and to use creative thinking in her corporate job. So on this interview, you'll be listening in to how Jenny does that and to how she helps others do the same as well. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, I'd be really super grateful if you could leave a review over on iTunes and also share with anyone else who you know needs an injection of creativity in their lives. And don't forget also you can find us in the Blow Up the Blueprint free community over on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and search for Blow Up the Blueprint, you will find us. You will find a whole gang of other entrepreneurs and business owners who are exploring how to create their own lives. And we welcome you with open arms. So without further ado, let's listen in on Jenny and I having a conversation about how creativity and creating art can help you to heal. Okay, welcome to another episode of Blow Up the Blueprint with me, Joe Giffords. And I'm so pleased to have my lovely friend, Jenny Kavanagh Bond, on with me today, or JCB, as I call her. Hi, JCB. Hey, Joe. I have a little confession to make to everyone that we just recorded or thought we recorded a huge chunk of brilliant stuff. And I hadn't pressed record on my Zoom. So for Jenny and I, this is round two. And we just had some amazing (laughs) stuff. So I'm going to delve straight in with. Jenny, tell us what you do because it's brilliant. <laughs> so I describe myself as a mad scientist of mixed media. I'm happiest when I'm up to my eyeballs and painting glue. And I like to explore and experiment to get in touch with my emotions and heal things using creativity. So I have a very sort of twofold approach to it. One, I create that I like to, but also because of what the process of creativity actually gives me. Oh, I love it. So tell me, how does that actually... What does it look like, Jenny? So the process of creativity, in your case, we're literally talking about mark making, about mess making, about getting paint and glue and getting in there with it, aren't we? Yes, we are. Which I love. So how does that act of being involved in mixed media, being away from our iPads and our Macs and our phones and, of course, other brands of tech are available... But being away from our screens, how does that help us to switch off? So creativity really does help you process and relax. So when you've got emotions, we all suppress emotions. We all get stuck with certain aspects of life. And that actual physical process of picking up a paintbrush, picking up a pencil and just going delally on a piece of paper helps your brain switch off and process what's actually gone on so that you actually feel things rather than pushing them away. And that makes us much happier and much more content in life, which means that we can do the things that we want to do. So, you know, as I was just saying on round one, that that's, you know, for me, with I did kind of our A-level and a foundation course and then graphic design degree. And my happiest times are 
sitting there, you know, sort of cutting up some bits of paper to collage or doing a drawing or painting. And as a proper grown up now, you know, with a business to run and, and two little kids and stuff like that, carving out that time to sit with an album on and some good coffee and doing some sketching or something, which is what I crave, which is what my brain needs, which is what I love, is one of the hardest things to consciously make time for, which is an act of self-sabotage if I ever saw one. And when I follow Julia Cameron's artist way and kind of make an hour a week just for mark making, it has incredible difference I know on my own life. So how did you discover that this act of creativity had an effect on your mental well-being? It does really a recent thing for me. Okay. So I've been through quite a lot of emotional trauma over the last 10 years. And without going into too much detail, I did a lot of suppressing emotions, which, you know, we all do. But I had literally emotional trauma after emotional trauma, year upon year upon year for about eight, nine years. And you come to a point where there just isn't the time for you to actually deal with those emotions before the next thing happens. So you have to suppress things and it's a coping mechanism. It's not necessarily a healthy coping mechanism, <laughs> but it is a coping mechanism. And I hit a point where I was literally crashing and burning. The world was falling apart around my ears. I just got a promotion at work mm. and I really wanted to make the best of it, which meant I had to show up every single day mm. and I had to be firing on all pistons it was quite a responsible position in that sense and I knew I had to change something if I wanted it to work now creativity has always been a bit of a go-to for me but I started to take it sort of a little bit higher I hadn't done any real mixed media I hadn't done any drawing because I was never particularly good at drawing or graphic or mm. design I was never particularly good at it I had more of an abstract approach to art I always have mm. and I came across a course and I forked out for the course. It was, what, 100 quid, I think it was, for this course. And it wasn't a how-to. It was every week you got a lesson and it just took you through that lesson and you created an art journal at the end. Beautiful. And I literally would come home and dive into this course. So between like 6 and 10 at night, I would spend four hours painting. And my brain would start to unwind and switch off from the day. And I was able to start processing things again. And eventually I had to supplement that with a psychologist just because of how much I'd suppressed and how bad it had got for me emotionally. Oh, I had to do something more than that. But that's the thing. There's no one magic pill. It was all of these different things that came into it. So you discovered that this act of kind of sitting down with these paints, you were in a mindful state. There's that sense of yeah. flow, isn't there? Yeah, it's that sense of almost meditation. Yes, yes. Yeah, and you know, meditation, you know, comes easier to some than others. And if I know that you said before that it's not something that you naturally go to. No, not at all. I use guided meditations because otherwise my brain just pops off in different angles. <laughs> and my meditation, instead of being mindful, becomes a very sort of awesomely creative process with loads of ideas being generated. Yes. But I'm not switching off. Do you know what I... My brain did exactly that last night, just when I'd, you know, I'm trying to be really good with my sleep patterns at the moment and went to bed at sort of half past nine, read a book, you know, have my candles, aromatherapy, all this kind of stuff. And then at 10 o'clock, my brain suddenly had this rush of, oh, do you know what, Joe? We've got this idea and that idea and there's this. And I just had to let it go through the process of just unloading all the things. And that's the thing. Sometimes you can't stop it. But if you're creating, you're actively putting something onto paper. So when those ideas start to bounce, you're already doing something in front of you. And you start to think about where this is going to take you. Not like 
what the end result is going to look like, but what's my next step? Do I want oh. to add more purple? Do I want to add graphite to it? Do I want to use a spring? Hang on, is that the right yellow for it? I don't like that. You start to actually think, and that process really opens up a whole new world for you, not just emotionally, but physically as well. That is so beautiful. And I'm, I'm kind of comparing that in a way to you know what I teach with the Brilliance Ignition process, which is the act of in taking something new every day, whether it's, you know, a new podcast, a new book, a different walk, trying on a different lipstick, like having some new stimulus every day and outputting in some form. Again, whether it's an Instagram post, whether it's a piece of audio, whether you're just brain dumping, because I know certainly, you know, when you output or journal something from your brain and, you know, in this case here as well, you're saying that kind of get, you know, the act of mark making is that same download you process, you, know, you make sense of the world around you, don't you? You're synthesizing yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, we spend a lot of time sort of trying to numb emotions and numb what's going on. Mm. And doing all these downloads, whether it's mark making, whether it's paint, whether it's drawing, whatever that is, that helps you to process it without the need for that suppression. It helps you to actually feel what's going on around you. And that in turn leads you to a better emotional health and better physical health. And also what you output is what you're showing the world, not just the world at large, but also your children. So what you do for self-care, you're actively teaching your children to look after themselves as well. If you're forever running around like a headless chicken, always too busy, then your children pick that up and think in their mind that adults always have to be busy. And they say that it's imprinted so early that you've got to work so hard to undo it as an adult. It really, and you know what, just hearing you say that, I thought not only do I really need to make that time for myself daily, but to do that with the kids. I'm aware of it with things like switching off and reading, you know, we'll kind of sit down, we'll have some music on, we'll all read our books. And, you know, I want to model that relaxation and activity, outdoor stuff is really important. And we have like occasional art mornings where we'll just get loads of canvases and we'll be outside with colour and stuff. And it brings joy to each of us. And yet, even as someone who teaches the value of creativity, who knows the value of creativity it's still a sabotaging thing and what do you see that people sabotage themselves with when it comes to creativity it's time Mm. when I do coaching my one-on-one clients I hear a really common trend I don't have time yeah and it's like okay so tell me what do you do with like your evenings what do you do with this time let me know what you do with your week Mm. and I'd say probably about 90% of them Spend the evening in front of Netflix. Mm. Kids have gone to bed. They sit there with a bottle of wine and watch TV. And that's numbing as well, isn't it? I mean, you know, there's a lot of room for Netflix and bottles of wine, but if you're doing that every single day... If that's your coping strategy, Mm. that's not a healthy coping strategy. That's a suppressant. Mm. And Mm. over time, that doesn't help. And you're not teaching your kids anything other than downtime is alcohol. Because actually, even when you said kind of earlier on that between a six and 10, you know, you were sitting there downloading from your brain, my kind of inner critic was immediately jumping up in my brain going, well, I couldn't possibly do that because I made the dishwasher to get the clothes ready for the next day. And it's like, or even if I, you know. I had to do off. exactly the same stuff. I still had to feed myself. I still had exactly, to do right? housework. I still had to make sure the day-to-day stuff was done. I still needed to get food shopping in. It wasn't so much I made the time for it. It was, I did make sacrifices. I mean, my house was not spotless. I'm I'm not the most house-proud person in the world, but my house doesn't have to be spotless and show home like every mm. single day of the week. Mm. And especially when you consider 
I was working and out of the house for a good between 10 and 12 hours a day, mm. depending on the day. Obviously, you've got the housework to do, you've got the day-to-day maintenance and how even the maintenance of yourself, getting a shower and washing your hair. Yeah. Still got to do that. So yes, our days are jam-packed. They are busy. There is a lot of stuff we have to do. But when you actually sit down and look at what you're doing with that time, it's... 100%. Yeah, I agree. You stop and think and go, well, hang on a minute. It's about making habits, isn't it, Jenny? It's yeah. about saying, well, you know, I can start watching television half an hour later or I can get up half an hour earlier and find these pockets of time for yourself. And I'd love to, you know, if you're happy to share a little bit as to what kind of caused you to unearth this need to kind of heal what's going on with you, because I know your experiences with grief particularly really fueled what you're working on now. Yeah, I mean, when I think it was over, like literally a period of seven years, I lost a family member a year. And we were a small but close family. So of course, each one hit quite close to home. It wasn't just a case of, oh, well, okay, it's my great aunt such and such. I never really saw it. It was I was lucky enough to have like 20 odd years with three of my grandparents, you know, I had my great aunt, another aunt, we've had my uncle and my father. And each of those bereavements triggers something different because every single time you're bereaved, it's different. Mm. The emotions you feel are not the same. So we tend to have an expectation of what it's going to look like. We know it's going to hurt, but we ignore it. And then when it happens, it hits you like a sledgehammer. But as it keeps happening, any emotion that you haven't actually dealt with, anything that you haven't processed just come straight back up so it's literally like when you hit third or fourth briefing I think it was like hitting four brick walls at once oh Jenny everything just backs up Mm. and I got to a point where my cycle of life was literally I'd be okay for a year or so then I'd have a huge breakdown huge meltdown Mm. I'd be off from corporate for three four months on average I'd come back I'd get back in the swing of things and exactly the same thing would happen I think this happened four or five times before I finally said look, these coping strategies obviously haven't worked. Yeah, You know, I need to do something else. And that's when I realized that it's not about finding one magic pill. We spend forever looking for a magic pill that's going to work and that's going to solve everything. Mm. And it doesn't work like that. You have seven or eight different inputs, all of which have an impact on this. Mm. So I had art, I had medication at one point. I had a therapist, I had a support network of people, I had like five or six inputs there to help me process what was going on. And it was when I realized that actually, I can't do it on my own. I can't just have one magic pill. And I had a few people saying, oh, well, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, the other doesn't work. But your health is so personal to you. you Oh, of course. That's the thing. What works for one person does not necessarily work for another. But when you look at the strategies that you're using, if you're just forever looking for one strategy that's going to work, like Netflix and wine, Mm. if you're just focusing on that one strategy, it's not going to help. You need Mm. more than one. And I think, you know, what you discovered here is, you know, there's a mindfulness act with creating space and time for your self-care. This is such an act of self-care, isn't it? Allowing that creativity to flourish. And like you, you know, I'm really open, you know, with my audience and with my friends and with my clients about the sort of health issues and around kind of working with chronic illnesses. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how do I manage my business? And a lot of the factors, you know, there's so many different legs to it, exactly like you said, you know, there's the self-care, there's the understanding, there's understanding that my journey is different from someone else's. There's, you know, medication when required, there's the meditation, the EFT, the CBT, the 
you know, nutrition protocols, they all, all sorts of things, like a massive kind of like suitcase of things really, which help. And for me, I know that movement is really key. I know that mindfulness is really key. I know that support is really key. And, you know, by making that time for yourself to have that download process is so beautiful. And you're now offering this, aren't you, to other people as part of your yeah. business? Yeah, I offer several things now. I do a one-on-one coaching session, which is called Creative Surgery, and that's really to get to the bottom of a creative issue. It doesn't have to be art-related. It's very much applying creative thinking Mm. to what's going on and coaching through that and giving you an output that you can utilize almost straight away. And I've got a course called Heart Healing, which is very much a creative-based method of healing using the creative process to fuel healing to fuel support to fuel your support and giving you strategies that you know they've worked for me I'm not saying they're guaranteed to work for you but we all have to start somewhere and we all have to try something of course and you know you know not only is there the creativity as in the act of creativity the art of creating is a mindfulness act it's that time to allow our brains to process stuff but by fueling creative thinking you know you're allowing yourself to look at situations in new ways aren't you to be able to flex that muscle that says okay well this is a situation whatever it is you're dealing with whether it's a difficult job whether it's health whether it's grief whatever it is or maybe it's a process within your you know your business or your job creative thinking allows us to unpack it and to put it back together in new ways and to look for exciting opportunities Yeah. And for me, I might as well add this in now. I left the corporate world back in April. Now, 12 months ago, I wanted to leave. I would never have made that jump without some sort of safety net. Mm. And at the back end of April, I left the corporate world with no safety net (laughs) within 24 hours of making the decision to go. Wow. And how's it been since then? It's been awesome. I still have my moments of, oh my God, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Um, I still do the whole, oh no, I need to focus on my business 24-7. It's not big enough yet. It's not generating as much as I want it to. All of that. I still have all of those issues, but I don't regret jumping without that safety net. I don't even have that, oh, well, I miss the the salary, the income. Mm. I don't even miss that. (laughs) which, you know, I was on quite a generous salary. And to not miss that was something I didn't expect. Mm. And it's probably one of the best things I could have done for myself and my sanity. But that's what that process of creativity has helped me come to as a realization point of, I knew I wanted to leave the corporate world, but I had structures in place that had to happen. Um, They were very much limiting beliefs. Mm. And the process of creativity, the physical creativity has actually helped me drop a lot of those limiting beliefs. It's all about the process. We spend a lot of time focusing on this end point. Mm. So like this beautiful, pretty picture that looks like Van Gogh a Dega doesn't happen like that you know nobody picks up a paintbrush and starts painting perfectly first time every time oh gosh this is such a common misconception isn't it and yeah. actually when you look at like a lot of artists and their work it's about creating space to have that one mark which is the one which is magical and you might have a million things which look terrible but you create space for that one thing to come out well if you look at da Vinci mm. they're selling off his sketchbooks now Right. And he had thousands of sketchbooks with preliminary drawings and designs. No artist works perfectly first time every time, but so many people think we do, that we we produce this beautiful piece. I mean, I've just done a commission piece for a family member. And it's been through four iterations before it's actually got to a point where I'm happy with it. It's not perfect, but it's had some ugly iterations in there. 
And I mean, when we let go of this end result, and it's the same is true in life, when we let go of this focus, this real depth of focus on the end result and start to engage with the process, we get more out of it than we ever will stressing on the end result. I mean, it's like life. You can't see where you're going. You don't know where you're going. You have an idea in mind of where you'd like your destination to be, but you don't have everything there necessarily to get that. You don't know how that's going to unfold. You might know you're going to get there, but you don't know how it's going to unfold. And that is where your creativity sort of uh, mirrors it. Oh, I love it. And, you know, in fact, I was reading, reading some Pam Grout again this morning, who I love and I know that you love as well. We're reading in E Squared, where she's talking about, about how when you set the compass for your destination and, you know, in law of attraction terms, when you're trying to sort of manifest something, it's like putting on your GPS kind of satellite for your car and setting that destination and then complaining that you aren't there yet. You know, when we engage, when we let the flow happen, when we stay in our joy, which is what, you know, creativity allows us as well, you get to that destination without wondering about what that outcome's going to be, which you demonstrated by, you know, jumping ship from your corporate job, which I was super honored to be on the sidelines for because we'd started working together around about that time. Yeah. And you took to it like a doctor water. You just let and started doing your own thing with such grace and ease that you made it look very very easy it didn't feel it I'll tell you that for nothing (laughs) but that's the thing we have this perception of looking at other people and comparing ourselves and it's like I'm not perfect I'm never going to be perfect the world is not going to adore me there is not going to be universal popularity and when I actually realized that and accepted it I went oh okay, so I don't have to do this for somebody else. I can do it for me, right? What do I want to do? And all of these processes, the physical process of creativity, the emotional connectivity, the physical well-being, all of these things, whether you're working for yourself, whether you're working corporate, it doesn't matter what you're doing. These processes actually allow you to come out of the world of business for a bit and then go back in with fresh ideas and new thought processes. And what you do when you create, you realign your thought process so you retrain your brain yes and and did you find because I know you know you've now gone self-employed you've now doing this full-time and you're serving other people now to help their creative thinking and did you find when you're working in corporate as well that the creative thinking techniques you gained from the act of creativity helped your viewpoint helped your kind of ideas in a corporate as well oh yeah they made a massive difference to be in corporate it's probably partly why I stayed for so long because there was a lot of potential there for me to make a difference and in that particular environment making a difference was key Mm -hmm. so I could see that I could help them a lot you know I made the decision to leave and glad I did but I could have stayed and made a huge difference to that world it wouldn't have been authentic to me Mm. but I could have done it and it is an option that was available to me um would I go back to it and try it again no Mm. but that's each their own some people prefer to have that bubble of stability but I heard so many people in the corporate world throughout my 10-year corporate career going oh I hate this job oh I hate this job and you sit there and go well why are you still doing it well I've got bills to pay Mm. yeah but if you don't like it why are you still doing it yes we all have bills to pay but if you're not even going to go out there and look for something different, mm. if all you're going to do is sit there and moan about this particular job that you're doing that you don't like, how's that helping you? What are you showing your kids? You're showing them that work is boring and something you never want to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, again, it's we get stuck in the habits and in the, in the neural pathways as well, don't we? This is what yeah. everyone around me does. And allowing... We get stuck in the this is normal concept. Yes, um, we do. And so I, you know, 
well, for starters, I'd love to have you back on to really delve into more of your processes and how we can apply those for our, our businesses. So if you come back for round two, I'd love to have you. So Jenny, for anyone who's listening right now, who's thinking, well, that's fine for you, but I'm not creative. Have you got any starting points where people can, you know, find your stuff, can start to access how to get involved with mixed media? Oh, yes. Well, first things first, I'm going to quote Elizabeth Gilbert. If you were born, you're a creative person. Love it. It's that simple. And we either nurture our creativity or don't nurture it. And the adults who have nurtured it are the ones who, generally speaking, are creative. And the Mm. ones who didn't nurture it are the ones who go, I'm not creative. Mm. And it all comes down to fear of perfection. So I'll point you, first of all, in the direction of a little course I've got called Resurrect Your Creativity. Right. And it is currently changing. So it's going to go from email to a self-paced course that you can work through in your own time. Uh And there are 30 exercises within that that help you start creating in different ways. And you'll see in there some ugly art from me. There's like 30 videos that I've done. You'll see, like I say, some of them work out beautifully. Uh Some of them start as really good concepts and come to the end and you're just like, seriously, what the hell is that? (laughs) Who have you done, Jenny? Yeah. And I share that. I share the ugly art that comes with it. And that really helps people to connect with this fear of imperfection and get rid of it. And I would suggest that's probably the best place to start for anyone is what are you actually scared of? Nine times out of 10, it's a fear of perfection, Mm, uh, of not getting it perfect. So that's probably where I'd point people in the first instance. And then obviously there's tons more there as well. You're on inkypawsart.com, is that right? Yes. Inkypawsart.com. So I will link to your freebies in the show notes as well, because I know you have a ton of amazing resources. And your Creative Viagra quiz is also one which I really enjoy. So we'll make sure we put that in there. (laughs) Yes, so many innuendos, so little time. So many. And, you know, what I love with your approach and your work, Jenny, as well, is that you're really like, you know, so you think you aren't creative you damn well are like you know come on let's make some time let's delve into it and I love how you make creativity and the act of making um accessible and I happen to think that the work you're doing in the world is so needed and so important and you're going to have a huge impact on people um so thank you for sharing some of your thoughts about creative thinking and the act of creativity and I definitely want to have you back on but around two, so we can talk about exactly how we can make time in our day, what we can do, and how we can affect the world around us by art making and using our creativity. So any final words of where we can find you and what you want to leave our listeners with today? So, well, you can find me at inkypawsart.com or on Facebook and Instagram as ever inkypaws. And the only thing I really want to leave you with today is if you're alive, you're a creative person. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much, Jenny. So everyone, I would urge you to go and check out Jenny on inkypawsart.com and uh, yeah, just, you know, say hi to her, you know, tell Jenny that, you know, that you found something in the podcast and make contact with her and her work. It really is amazing stuff. So thank you so much, JCB, for coming to talk to us today. Anytime. Thank you for having me, Joe. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.